The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There were two young men that moved from the city of Rad, the city of the Chafetz Chaim, they moved to America. America! The streets are paved with gold, the land of opportunity. In Yiddish they call it the golden Medina, right? The, uh, the golden country. Everyone uh, was coming here uh, with, their, with their, nap, their rucksacks full of hopes and dreams. They came and they moved their families because they heard that in America is the land of opportunity. What everyone neglected to mention was that opportunity was a job that you had to attend seven days a week. <laughs> so there's a lot of opportunities for people that were not Shomer Shabbat. So in the uh, lead up to World War I, these two families, you know, the beginning of the 1900s, they moved to America and they got a job and they found that on uh, Friday morning. Uh, that their job was also on Saturday. So they came to speak to the boss. The boss said to them, are you out of your mind? Um, you know, this is a country with freedom of religion, but we also have freedom to fire you for that religion. <laughs> what happens? Every Shabbat, they lose their job. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it takes them until they find a new job. By Friday already, they're out on their feet, their, their uh, bums again. For two years, they stayed faithful to Shabbat. Two years of not knowing what's going to be next week, two years of uncertainty, two years of crying children, two years of wives, you know, of uh, worried wives. Rabotai is nightmare. But they gave everything their Moshe Nefesh for Shabbat. After two years, finally, the two of them together find a job in a munitions factory. In America, there was a, in, uh, I think it was in New Jersey actually, there was a factory that was producing uh uh, weapons, you know, for the army. And the boss said to them, look, um, I know you don't want to work on Saturday. As far as I'm concerned, I just need to know that you're producing your weekly quota. If you're producing it on Sunday or, sa- or Saturday or Thursday, or you stay all night, I don't care. So long as you're producing the quota that you need to produce, I'm good. Come whenever you want. They were overjoyed. Rabotai, eight months they had a job, they had job security, they could, they could sleep at night, they were not worried. Eight months into this job, World War I breaks out. And the American companies are ordered by the uh, army to ramp up production. The boss comes to them that week and he says, listen, I know we have an arrangement already for eight months. He says, but unfortunately now war is war. And in times of war, we need to step up our production. And he says, and now I need you here like everybody else every single day, producing the maximum that you can. If I can't have somebody at that station producing seven days a week, I'm losing one day of production. Although you're producing the same as you would produce, but I'll get somebody else in who's producing the same as you're doing on the six days, but he'll also add a seventh day. And I need to, I need to max out everything that I can produce. It's war. They go home, each of them sitting there, perturbed, thinking, wondering, sweating. Friday morning comes, one of the men, these young boy, these young family uh, leaders from Radin, stays strong. Shabbat, Shabbat, Chalas. That's it, today's my last day of work. Second guy, unfortunately, he couldn't bear with it, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it anymore. 
I have to feed my family. My kids are going to go hungry. They didn't have programs then that, uh, you know, that you could make more on unemployment than on being employed. So he, uh, he says, you know, to his wife, he says, listen, tomorrow morning, I have to go get up early. He says, don't wait for me to come home from shul because I'm not going to be back until Saturday night. She says, what do you mean? He says, the boss told us that if we don't come in tomorrow, we're lost our jobs. I can't do this to you. I can't do this to the family. He says, and I finally decided that this is pikuach nefesh. And for pikuach nefesh, you have to break even Shabbat. Pikuach nefesh, my children need to eat, my wife, I can't. The wife doesn't say anything. Husband goes to sleep. Five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, whatever his alarm goes off. Had that gets up, he goes to the closet to get dressed. He has no clothes. <laughs> he looks in the other room, maybe it's then laundry, no no shirts, no pants, no socks, no shoes. He searches the house until he realizes. <laughs> his wife. His wife. Yeah, he, his clothing didn't just all take a vacation, right? You know? So he wakes up his wife. He says, My ando pants, my ando shirt. Where's my shirt, my pants, my socks, my shoes? His wife says to him, Rohi, if it's pikuach nefesh, you should really go in your pajamas <laughs> and in your slippers. Right? If it's that important, Hada understands. He's not going. He's not humiliating himself to go to work in pajamas. But if he's not going to work in pajamas, right, then he shouldn't go to work on Shabbat, and he doesn't go. Chokhmot nashim means that there's multiple levels of wisdom. One wisdom is in understanding the situation as it is, but the second level of wisdom is being able to intercede in a way which doesn't make the problem worse. She doesn't argue with him the night before. Doesn't yell and scream at him. Doesn't tell him how disappointed she is. Doesn't tell him, did I marry a Michalel Shabbat? She doesn't destroy him. All she does is places in front of him something which sharpens the truth to such a level. Is it really Pikuach Nevesh? Is that really how you feel about it? So then just go, just go in your underwear. Oh, so it's not. If it's not, then it's not. But she doesn't have to argue with him. She doesn't have to yell at him. I don't have to scream at it. That's the bina of a woman.